You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> anyway, that wraps it up for me and these clips in Revelations. Well, you guys know what that means. After Revelations comes, the musings. Hmm. Well, hmm. Musings. Any thoughts? Ponderings. Any feelings? Wonderings. <laughs> <laughs> And for my initial musing, where would I like to call attention? I'd like to call attention to load and scroll, scroll and load and scroll, load and scroll. Mm. I'd like to call attention to why I was hmm, not so impressed um, with the revelation that Paul was writing dirty that came out this episode. Most of the reason why I'm not impressed is because Paul, by the end of series eight, is going to live. Like, I can lock that in. And it more than likely won't be a correction. So whether he's clean or dirty, the fact that he will be alive is is already, like, its own level of, uh, uh, I guess, petulant. I don't know. It, it's an irritant. So, like, it's just annoying at this point. Um, and as far as, like, Paul... His life, depending on how much he messes up with the 12, like he, it'll never really be in any kind of like jeopardy. Um, yes, we got a scene where Carolyn is showing her awareness to a discrepancy in the behavior of his, but you know, it's not the first one. If you go back to how they met in the first episode of this series, um, Paul does a really poor job of not calling attention to himself with his over familiarity with Carolyn. My favorite part was. Uh, <laughs> the conversation that they have with each other where she basically says that he defected to the other side. That's what Carolyn says about Paul. And he's like, oh, but you can hardly call the foreign office the other side. She's like, well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably easier for him to get trade secrets than uh, well, so right. working for the 12. Right. I figure the higher up you go, the more the lines blur depending on which side is which side because you need things to work out a certain way politically in the game for things to keep some sort of i don't know rhythm to itself so like the biggest thing that could have caused paul a a, a great disservice or a great danger is if he if he were for some reason to lose his newly appointed station over with mi6 so if something were to get out to say oh he thought that Charles Kruger, Kruger um, was the culprit behind the embezzling. But Carolyn pointed out right away, oh, no, he's got he's in debt up to his eyeballs. <laughs> like, what, was, what would he be doing with all that money? So it's like, oh, I did a thing that Paying is not good. Paying for as good. many girlfriends. Right. I did a thing that was not good. And this kind of a mistake, if a Diane or if a anyone knows about this gaffe that I did, then they could call my authority into question, which will then put me out of where I needed to be placed for these other organizations who needed me to have access to X Intel. And then now this is why he's begging on Carolyn's door to say, Hey, um, I'll give you whatever you need. <laughs> like whatever you need. If you can dig Tell me out of this me hole. Right. What you literally, want. literally, because you know what? Tell me 
I what think you need. that this is indicative of of always their relationship. I feel like Carolyn no, is boy, one to boy. watch Paul jump ahead and say, "Oh, that's why I know about this X, Y, and Z and ABC." And Carolyn's like, "Oh, <clears throat> you think you do, but <laughs> what about this F and G right here?" Oh, did you, did you think that these were not players? Well, nothing and is too it's like, big of a plan you, or too smart for right, Carolyn. Like, I do agree there. Like Paul was was on his way into the boss's office to give out his his orders about his report of how successful he was in this mission. And Carolyn's like, well, this is a loose end. So you can go ahead and go in there and deliver your report, but I'm going to go in after you and then not only correct your report, but also solve everything that you messed up. Oh, dear. But... <laughs> I don't know what happened that let him jump ahead of a Carolyn in this instance or what favor she promised him or vice versa that let him go to forum before her. Or maybe she just already knows what's ahead beyond a Russian desk. And she's like, I'm good. Literally exactly where I am. But whatever that uh, favor was. Who knows? Yeah, right, we don't whatever, know. Right, whatever I'm still <laughs> like, I'm still stuck on my theory that Carolyn is in the 12. Like, I feel like they're trying to tell me that ultimately this bitch is not in the 12, but I fully expect for them to lie to me. And tell me tricks that even though they've thrown Paul in my face, they're like, look, it's Paul. Paul's part of the 12. I'm still like, couldn't Carolyn have been fucking with the 12 too also? Uh, right. And just her and Paul aren't on the same wing or they might Carolyn's be. too big. Well, no. The way they play that, it didn't seem like they were. But I took that to believe, at least with my clown makeup at this time, that one of them, if they are both in the 12, one of them is more important than the other. And so one gets to know the other exists, but not the other one. And so they can play it off. <laughs> right. So, so somebody, so somebody knows somebody, something. Right. We don't know if it's Paul or Carolyn. So somebody, somebody in the 12 is like the side chick of the 12. Like they're not the real 12. <laughs> no, I just mean like, I just mean there's security levels. Oh, So okay. whoever's at the bottom or on the lower tiers doesn't get to know whoever's at the top of the pyramid. So I'm saying if Carolyn is higher than Paul, she can play that off because he would not know who's above him. It's like, it's like Dasha. Or Constantine or Villanelle, where you're like, can you expose me to these people? And Constantine's like, well, I just have this one person that I'm connected to, or I have these two people I know. Or Dasha's like, well, I do know this. I know the lady in red. But who is the person that knows the entire pyramid? Who is at the top to be like, so right now, until it's disproven, I still say Carolyn's around the top because then she could play games with people. And I could see why a 12 would want that. You would want someone at the top who was playing games and you think is not at the top, but they are able to see all the holes and issues within the organization to be like, let's address that. Let's kill that bitch. Let's do that. Liar, betrayer, not loyal. And then you keep it all together. But who knows? Who knows? That's just still my side thing because I would have a heck of a lot of fun with Fiona Shaw. On the 12, the 13, MI6, everything. FBI, right. Interpol, right. KGB. KGB. She's right. in everybody's right. shit. Right. She's everywhere. That's the way that you have to see She's her. She's effervescent <laughs> <laughs> with her misandrous power. So if you <laughs> so if you think on, I want to say, episode four, when she gets up early and meets up with him, before he offers her everything, he's trying to pull information out of her. And she's like, you took all my resources. What, what? What could I know? I, I mean, all I know is, is had you respected me and respected my agency, we could have stopped an innocent man from getting murdered. That was Carolyn's job. And she was like, I mean, I'm, I can't give you any more than that. Otherwise, it'll look like I was really, really in the shits. And mm. I'm, I was iced. I was iced out by you, of all people. Iced, iced out. Iced, iced, iced out. So she was like, oh, you want me to fix this? It'll, it'll cost you my office. I'll be needing that back. Mm -hmm. And thank you. If you could so please. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Carolyn, of course, that meeting knew what everything was going to be about. So when he started uh, doing his uh, olive branch stuff with the champy in the morning, she, you know, literally threw her eyes to the sky like, I ain't got time for this. Like, get to what, get to why, get to why we're here, get to what we're doing. But ultimately, I feel like, no, you know what? For the Paul thing, I will wrap Paul where I did, where it's like, yes, we understand that Paul's on the take of some version of variety but that he is stuck wherever he is he is stuck in the politics of it all and he cannot really make any plays for himself and they're not winning plays but also he needs his job where he's at because once he loses his access where he is he loses his value once that's gone then his life could be in danger so wow so that's that for well, that was a muse. Let's see. All right. Well, I guess my first muse really has to do with my overall feelings about this series season of Killing Eve. And there are a lot of beautiful muses out there about things you can draw from the wonderful acting and images and stuff we've received in the past few episodes, especially this last one. And I like a lot of them. Some of them I agree with. Some of them I agree less with or not at all. But there's a lot of pretty muses out there. I guess this this muse is ultimately about that Killing Eve has to earn it with me, with exposition. I've been musing to the hills and beyond about Villain Eve and what I think they're feeling and thinking and all this stuff. I have been racking my brain for the past year about Dark Eve Rising and how it could go and what Sandra O oh could serve. And so I'm completely happy there. I feel like everything is on the trajectory of what I want for Dark Eve. It's just like I said, it's about paying it forward, paying it up, doing the stuff with actual words. So where okay. I'm at now, where I'm at now is that I need, I need for you to confirm what I feel like I know with actual exposition, that boring, boring, sometimes boring exposition that confirms in canon what people are thinking about the characters. And that's really it. I, I have so many muses and so many theories, but I'm to the point where they need to earn it. So don't just have me reading into Sandra O's wonderful acting about this is what I think she's feeling about Villanelle. This is what I think she's feeling about being dark or rising or Nico. Confirm it with a word right. or two. And I don't remember if I said this in The Last Snack or not, but essentially the only way that I feel like I'm going to be okay at the end of the day with Eve's lack of scenes or overall development in a certain kind of way, even though I'm getting Dark Eve as I've wanted, is if this exposition that I need about Eve comes from her to Villanelle. If they do it in such a way that it is, it is there, perhaps it is compact and it is short, but it is to the person I need to hear it most. So instead of her saying something to Jamie or Nico, who's potentially out of the paint for the rest of the series or anyone else, she says it directly to Villanelle when she sees her. That right. sort of means that I'm stuck in episode eight. I'm not sure what's going to happen in episode seven. Maybe they're just like, you know, strangers on a fucking train when they pass each other in episode seven. I could be fully in the clown makeup thinking that we have a reunion then, but that's sort of the earliest that we get it. We've already analyzed that it can't happen in the first half of the episode, so it would be happening in the back half, which they could leave us on some cliffhanger shit where we don't actually get our reunion until the eighth episode. And so I'm still there with my my anxious clownery. But th there it is, that they could make it up to me. They could make up the complete loss of Eve Exposition in terms of how is she feeling about Raymond, how is she processing it by having her saying that, by having her deliver that answer in some kind of way to Villanelle directly. So that that's my muse, is that that's what I need to be fully okay with things, that, or I can be like, I'll look past that. Well, that's fine. Well, I'll get over that. Is that they actually give me what I need. Canon Exposition, no matter how short, 
but to Villanelle. Because at this point, two episodes left, I don't need any more conversations with Jamie. Stop it. I don't need Dread to reappear after she disappeared for three episodes. Stop it. I don't need Bear to hear it. No. I don't need Carolyn to hear it. Carolyn's heard enough. I don't need Geraldine to hear it because why? Wouldn't make sense. Constantine, mind your business. And so really, who's left but Villanelle? And Villanelle. So, yeah. That was my first muse is that Killing Eve needs to earn the rest of my feralness in terms of carrying it into season four with confidence, which that's not exactly true because my 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 clownery and my feralness will lead to excess jauntiness for series four. But I just mean like earn it, earn it, earn it, Killing Eve writers and not just Killing Eve thespians. (laughs) <laughs> who are showing me things with their faces and their eyes and their cheeks. There's no words, but I'm like, look at those cheeks. So I'm like, okay, this is what I think. I just need some degree of exposition to confirm stuff because at some point you do a little bit, just just a little bit. I mean, I, I don't want to drop you for the fan fiction, but I just might. I just might. You might drive me to the fan fiction. And I might never look back. What, killing you? Yeah. Speak for yourself, ho. I, I, I can't agree with Terrence on that. I can't agree with Terrence on that. <laughs> because as long as Sandra O oh is serving scenes, as long as Jodie Comer is reading a line, as long as Fiona Shaw is bringing out something for her vocabulary, like Sisyphean, I will be there. I will be there. As long as Phoebe Waller-Bridge is an executive producer, I'll be there. As long as Miss O oh is an executive producer, Candace will be there. Now, Candace might have shit to say. Candace might have less of a good time than others, but I will be there supporting these bitches 175,000% because of all the stuff they've already given me. They've given me so much great shit. And I guess I'm being a greedy hoe because I'm like, give me more, more, more. <laughs> but that's how I feel, okay? Uh, this next muse, I guess I'm going to call this How Do You Solve a Problem Like Geraldine? Oh, so, dear. And I feel like we'll be talking a lot about Geraldine in the next hour or so. Haven't we? Haven't we? Already. <laughs> we have. Good God. We Good have, God. But, okay. I know, I know what mm. you're saying. So um, what I will draw everyone's attention to is Carolyn, how she greeted Eve when she came to find out everything she could about Dasha Dazran. Dazran. <laughs> yeah. Lord, I can't say these names. Lord. So she, we found Carolyn. She was in the middle of a uh, very extreme surgery. She was trying to get the rot out of her cactus. So now we're going to talk about how Carolyn dealing with that cactus was indicative of her Geraldine problem. So Can the, I just say really quickly that Carolyn owning a cactus, giving her personality makes perfect so sense. Since pro- you don't right. have to do much right and yet it was still rotting right you don't have to do much but it was rotting sorry sorry. i'm I'm getting into that so saying the cactus basically was the best pairing for the type of plant i would imagine in carolyn to own something that is self-sufficient and thrives on proper care but here we are x amount of time with a geraldine in the house and carolyn needs to sap up water digging out damaged flesh to allow a hole to dry out much like dealing with Geraldine as she is the rot-inducing <laughs> irritant in both of their lives, most likely. You think a Geraldine would, in all her free time, not accidentally overwater that cactus? Then there's the over-emoting I in the can't. house that Geraldine is doing to her mother, which could be causing a rot of its own within her. When she cuts herself, it was treated much like the cactus. You want to make sure that it can dry and not have water settle in the wound. A botanist, if caring for plants is a judge and you keep, <laughs> and to keep Gerald from contaminating this open wound, she walks off. I love this. I love this. I love this. Mm. Um, oh, so basically, yes, I was just comparing how Carolyn was treating her own wound by trying to keep all the sap out of it, <laughs> all of the the water. She wanted it to properly air out and not uh, be rotting the same way how her uh, cactus was rotting. And I do blame Jardine for that rotting cactus because it was fine up until <sighs> Jardine was in the house with nothing to do. Uh, I, I guess it's how to water this Carolyn's again. Carolyn's grief. <laughs> I don't think Jardine paid attention to that damn cactus, not even a little bit. So that'd be... Uh, wrap up that muse 
where that lies. <laughs> so what is even the heart of that muse? Geraldine killed the cactus? Uh, how do you solve a problem like Geraldine? Yes. She, <laughs> she didn't kill it, but she essentially caused it because of watering is one of the many ways who you can cause a cactus to rot. And I believe that that was what was happening there. And so Carolyn was just trying to save it the best way she knew how, you know, cut out the parts of the flesh that was rotting and then to soak up the excess Maybe fluid. Maybe that's an analogy for her life or her organization if she is the 12. Maybe she is trying to root out the parts that are rotted and horrible because I don't know that she cares that much about MI6, but those are just my palastry theories. All right, so I guess it's my 10. My next muse here. Oh, right. It was something I saw, I seen, I saw, I seen on the timeline in places and it had something to do with like Someone was basically, or I guess someone's persons, were talking about, like, essentially Villanelle versus Ted Bundy. Like, what is the difference? And I was like, wait a goddamn second. The patriarchy. Well, <laughs> yes, that's part of it, that the patriarchy creates one type of killer and creates another type. And they're literally at polar opposites of the spectrum. I generally hate Hate would be a good word when people compare women in general to men. Because I'm like, can we be, can we have, can we have a nuanced discussion about this? Because it's different. And then you take someone like Ted Bundy, who not only is a serial killer, had a toxic masculinity and white male privilege, het white male privilege, right. working for him in the time that he was out here murking people. I just don't understand. Well, for when Ted Bundy is pathological, like he had a thing, an obsession, a fixation, a way that he did. And also necrophilia. And, you know, Villanelle got issues. I just don't feel like Villanelle would try to get down with the get down with the deceased hoe. I just don't feel like that's where yeah. she is with her misandry. And in general, the muse was about why? Like, why do we always have to find a male counterpart to compare and contrast with a woman? Like, why can't she just stand on her own as a unique individual character without being like, well, how was she like this dude? Because I would then say, if people are making these comparisons, it's probably because the woman, the character potentially was framed off of this male ideology, which is already making it flawed in a way because mm -hmm. you can't you can't do that. But that, that was it. That was the muse. Uh, why? No, Why that, do people compare Villanelle to Ted Bundy? Why? Word, word to Lady True, but you're a man. Because they'll be say people will say <laughs> stuff like, "How could you be attracted to a character like Villanelle? How could you be attracted to her when when there's Ted Bundys out there?" And I'm like, "Well, because she's not Ted Bundy, absolutely okay? not, and she's not out here killing women with internalized misogyny as the reason, okay? She's not out here preying upon women, doing unique harm to them that is crouched and rooted in sexism. I just, you know, I just feel like we should acknowledge." those parts but yes that's it that's the end of that it was really pointless and purposeless except for me to highlight some of the shit that pisses me off randomly during the week when i find stuff to read about our favorite assassin right okay so i'll step into it. lastly i just wanted to touch on something that has sort of been an issue that i've been sort of like moaning about up until even including this week and um that is the construct known as time <sighs> okay well it does a viewer good to see a personality on screen reclaim their time you know there are choice characters who haven't been lucky enough to have a narrative focus on them much in the series but even when we've wanted to have things ramped up they found a way to captivate and bring others to their wavelength uh, but uh, uh, but <laughs> but do we all understand that a grudge is better explained with time as a backdrop 
as like for example with an axe to grind or like if you feel like you need to walk a dog like it's fun to know that it's on site for a character like Paul or Constantine when a Carolyn gets intel confirming foul play. Mm, like, mm-hmm. realistically, having to deal with exposition... Oh, this is another part of time. <laughs> having to deal with exposition from side characters versus giving the audience the story they came to watch is its own brand of infuriating. <laughs> uh, for example, uh, the scene with Bear by the vending machine versus Kenny's scene with Eve on the floor when the series began like you you are more not to pull from a visiting thespian not to pull from someone who's not or who may not end up being here for the longest that's not where we're targeting it's just to have that conversation with a kenny to an eve which is catching us up on what happened in the six months that we were away we we were engrossed in that scene with those two thespians together mm. versus laughing. Well, I spent most of the time laughing at Bear following Eve to a vending machine so that he could continue to, to give read? us yeah, he's <laughs> information ridiculous. that we magically don't have because we spent the last episode in Grismet. And so there was x time period to pass we still didn't get a time frame. Oh, the same week you were away. So was it just last week? We still don't know. How long has Nika been in the hospital in England? We still don't know. We still don't know. <laughs> and, we, and, we'll ne- and we'll never know. We should probably also add, we will never, ever, ever know. I mean, ultimately, when it's persons, we, the viewers, are invested and we value the exchange of information more. Uh, plus, there was an entire season that passed. Oh, that's me just doubling down on why we cared more about the... Uh, interaction with kenny finding eve the way we did uh but what about between episodes or between commercial breaks certain events are revealed in a far less linear style giving pause to most cause effect parallels that could have been easily made Mm. (laughs) uh with an example of nico and his skewer treatment and villanelle's disappearance of hiccups in the Eleanor Cook episode where Congress connections were thrown to the winds all willy-nilly because we didn't know when, what was happening, to whom, and when. (sighs) (laughs) Deep sigh. Deep, deep sigh. But, you know, here's hoping that time is on our ladies' side for the last two episodes. And um, it gives us something to all just rally behind and believe in. But I had to let that out because it was slowly slowly driving me insane dealing with i think we could maybe tell a little bit here and we don't want you going insane in the membrane insane in the brain (laughs) (laughs) get that brain all right yeah what's next here all right here's a quick question we can both muse upon will constantine use villanelle as a decoy and tell paul that she carried out the hit on bertha as if it was completely disconnected from constantine himself will he try to Throw a distraction in Paul's way and sacrifice Villanelle in the process. Thoughts, opinions. (laughs) I think that when he decides to use that card, it's already too late and Paul already knows where the money is. What the fuck? There are two episodes left. We are amusing about the next episode. What you mean? It's a yes or no. You always do this. So it's either a yes or a no. It's a yes or a no. Will he try? Yes, he will try. But it won't work because... There's no try. There's no try. Whether or not he succeeds, that's not it. That's not the muse. The muse is, will Constantine try to throw Villanelle in the streets to save himself. So in order to give them a decoy. Okay, it's not connected to me. It's going to take you a little while. I got Bertha's email. Villanelle, she did it. I don't know why she did it, but I know she did it. Episode six, 
I would have said while I was watching, I was like, oh, Lord, that's why he's saying he'll send for her because he's going to just be like, guys, get her. She's there. And then, you know, that would have covered his tracks while he was already safely in Cuba. The game has changed. She's not in Cuba anymore. He's he was never in Cuba. The goal was to send for Villanelle after he was successfully in Cuba uh, with Arena. You're ridiculous if you think that was ever his goal. I don't believe that was ever the goal, especially because mm. he never expected for Villanelle to pop up and be like, I want to come with you. This was new. This is a new development from Villanelle after she killed her mother and went to Russia. The Villanelle talking to Constantine prior to this was saying, get the fuck out of my face. I can't trust you. You're full of shit. You betrayed me. We didn't leave on good fucking terms. I'm here doing me in my mansion becoming a keeper. So there is a massive 180 that happens after Russia for Constantine. So you can't tell me that realistically Constantine was planning to take Villanelle. In what world? In what reality? When Villanelle wasn't even in his life and in his fear until she was back in a 12 fucking with Dasha so that he could do his fuck shit personally personally that's where i'm at i just don't see how it's supposed to work out another way when he is on how 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 could he plan to take villanelle when clearly he has been embezzling and doing something to plan for months and presumably in the months since him and villanelle regained contact like there was no contact she was in spain she was courting maria they were doing whatever they were doing and constantine was planning his life and probably in process Stealing money. But it, there's still a hole in the plan of Constantine telling Paul that Villanelle did the hit because he didn't ask for who did the hit. He said the person behind the hit is who he wants. So, yes, she did it, but who hired her? But that's open to interpretation. The person behind the hit could also be actually physically behind the hit, the killer. Because if they find the killer of the hit, they probably find who paid them, just like the ghost. So I have to say that there's still ways to get to it. If you get the killer, you get who hired the killer. Well, The ghost got fucked all the way up. She did. They got her. They got her to reveal, oh, Aaron Peel, that's what I'm doing over here. So I just don't see how if Paul gets his hands on Villanelle to be like, bitch, you about to get murked or you tell us who, who paid you. She'll be like, Constantine. <laughs> right. So, so how much seconds is that going by, Constantine? <laughs> no, but that's my point. That's right. why Constantine's leaving. Constantine, in my mind, he's not trying to run the table to see what could happen. He's just bouncing. He's like, okay, now they're accelerating to looking for the person who killed Bertha. It won't take them that long to figure out it was Villanelle. And either it's a quick question of Dasha, did you tell Villanelle to do this? Well, someone else did. And she already told Dasha she saw Constantine. I'm still mad that he snuck out of the country to watch his daughter play that in that hockey game to then sneak back in the country. And Paul's already in his apartment. <laughs> well, I don't know that Killing Eve cares about like travel times and the reality of that Lord. because he has gone back and forth from Russia yes. to London. And those land masses aren't that close. Like Russia's essentially Asia. I feel like, like it's not, but it is like, it's, it's over there. It's just like the proximity. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's a lot to, I guess, unbelieve or believe it's killing you. Uh, time zones or something it's something i don't know it's killing you science you can't deal mm. with constantine and his fuck shit don't tell my heart my aching bricky wow, heart wow I wow just don't think you'd understand oh I, I don't even know if i answered my own muse i am um... oh do you think that constantine will try to throw villanelle under the bus i if if the question ultimately is and this is me to myself since i came up with the muse will constantine betray villanelle one more time yes Oh, he's done it so I, many times on screen. Or just let her down. Like, he's going to let her down. He's not going to be what she wants him to be. And so I just feel like loyalty isn't a thing that Constantine has for anyone else right now except Adina. And I'm not fully sure how it's going to shake out. But I definitely think that he will have one more letdown 
for Villanelle at the very least. And maybe it's connected to this overall. I'm not sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if he fucking threw that bitch in a row to be like, it was Villanelle. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Her right? and Dasha have been planning shit. I don't know what the fuck they've been up to. I know Dasha's handling her in case you guys weren't aware that Dasha's handling her. I just, I think you should look into the connection between <laughs> Villanelle and Dasha and see what those hoes are planning. Because I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just, I just do what I'm told. All right. So that is the end of that muse. Another quick muse has to do with the content description for the season finale. And you may have seen some of these images going around. We kind of talked about it at the beginning of the series. We weren't sure what it's going to mean. But some of the warnings for Killing Eve, episode eight, the content descriptors have D, sexual or suggestive dialogue, L, coarse or crude language, S, for sexual content, and V, for violence. Now, we always get V for violence. We're used to that. But what's new is sexual or suggestive dialogue. Well, not really. The dialogue isn't new. But the sexual content, the content, what is the content? What do the hats decide is the content that is sexual that needs to be warned, warned, before people watch Killing Eve, episode I, eight? I, I, I want to say it's the hats trying to say, be warned. That things are going to get a little gay. I think. Things have been already really gay. I would agree that it's the heads, but I would say that censors are specific. It's kind of like fuck and dropping bombs that specifically the FCC has guidelines. And if you meet the guidelines for a specific warning, then that is what's happening. So it's not really about what the heads are saying. It's about where is this content coming from? Who is it coming from? What could be happening in the season finale to warrant for descriptions that are of rated R, essentially. Right. Sexual or suggestive dialogue, crude language, sexual content, and of course, violence. Sexual content. Oof. Um, I'm going to include partial nudity in that because that's, I mean, that's, that's, I don't a given. know. When they say partial nudity, I feel like they should. Right. There's, right. A, there's a descriptor for that. So I have to disagree with you. And it's still AMC. Um, I don't know if they doing all that. <sighs> well, Maybe this is like how we muse with the older time slot where we thought it got pushed back an hour. And it was like, well, what's for the, like, we were trying to figure out why is it now But you later? have to come up with a scenario. This is specifically the rating for episode eight. So it's not just in the grand muse of Killing Eve is moving to 10 p.m. What might that mean? It's in the specific muse of Killing Eve has these warnings or these advised things for episode eight. What could it mean? What do you think it means? What will it apply to? Well, maybe... Eve Pulaski can finally see what uh, Jodie Comer is working with since Eve Pulaski changed in front of Jodie. Uh, also, I just checked and I'm pretty sure that nudity, partial nudity is an actual descriptor that's given. So if you yeah. don't see it there, it ain't happening. Mm. Sorry, sorry, but also AMC, really? <laughs> we got to save that for HBO, my dear. And Gentleman Jack season two. <laughs> partial. But hey, hey, it's historical. Okay, I just want to say that for anyone who doesn't know, we are looking forward to potential partial nudity in Gentleman Jack season two for the simple fact that they are married. There was no, it's not even about being married. It's not that. It's not that. It's about the fact that, and Lister was like, listen, because this gay shit is so melodramatic, I'm going to keep my braids upon my body. And you cannot see me fully naked upon my body because that's what wives do. That's what wives do. And literally, despite all their drama, up until the day before that bitch left to go back to Scotland, that bitch being Ann Walker, she was begging, literally begging with the thirst of a thousand Sathos, a thousand sons, to get those braids off. <laughs> and she was like, listen, bitch, if we not get married, hell, I, I don't know if I can do this under God, have my braids off so historically for science for the story for reality the braids have to come off in the honeymoon part of season two because they have to 
it's historical. It's reality. And that's why I was arguing then that that's why the show creatives did that in the scene, that it was appropriate for them not to have their clothes off because that's actually how it was in real life. And Ann Lister was playing hard to get because a bitch was too thirsty but didn't want to put a ring on it. So there it is. There that was a very long is. explanation to say that it is a historically accurate, partially nude or whole nude scene that we have been waiting for. And we deserve, quite frankly, as Ann Lister and Ann Walker fans who have read all the books. Literally every last book that exists. Anyway, do you that think was they my plug for this episode. Do you think they recount like the buck sex? I'm and not sure so what they, you mean by that. Like uh, someone, I don't know, maybe uh, Philadelphia says a line or Eve says a line or something where they are now getting into everything that's on those tapes. You mean in like the finale? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's so much to be said. And since we don't even know how long these bitches are actually going to be in a scene together and the scenes have been going really fast, it feels like a lot that if I had to pick and choose what is being talked about, I would choose other things like Villanelle, maybe let Eve know about your little crisis with your mama so she can have some further insight into the Oksana part that she has been desperate to find out. Maybe the postcard. But um, I don't know. I feel like the bug sex and getting into those specifics is for when they're already in the boudoir and you're having pillow talk. And you're like, so, babe, so what was, what, 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 what were you doing? And this is Villanelle. So what did you, I mean, I, I couldn't quite hear what you were doing. So I don't know if you're interested in this, but maybe we could do a reenactment <laughs> of that night. And you can let me know the script notes <laughs> of what you were doing. And she's like, well, first of all, I hopped on Hugo's knob. She's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was okay. Not, uh, all right. Well, right. um. I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I, I kicked him out. He was, he he had his feelings hurt. He referred to me as Mrs. Robinson afterwards. And um, I told him to get out and go cry elsewhere. <laughs> that's not what she said, but that's what her eyes said, you guys. That's what her eyes said. Well, we still got to find, I got to find something for this suggested or sexual content. So if it's not going to be between my ladies, is it going to be the lady in red? If she survives episode seven, Ew. throwing herself. And it's not out? because I'm mad. I just like, I don't want no damn sexual scenes with the lady in red. I mean, I wouldn't mind it like in the bigger scheme, but in the season finale. Yeah, I would mind it actually a lot. Well, if that, I mean, I'm just looking for where the content could derive. So if it's not the lady in red, if it's not, you're telling me is the descriptors, and then you're telling me to find out how those apply directly right. to episode eight. Right. And so you so have to take I a guess. Am, I am Get guessing. So you've already ruled out the women. All right. Well, you live your life that way if that's how you want to do so, sir. The first thing I said was the lady in red, and then you said ill. No, not the lady in red. I mean, a villain Eve. Fuck the lady in red. I don't give a goddamn about Ellen right now. I mean, I do, but again, series four. If she doesn't die, series four, we can have more stuff. I'm just. Like, I, there's only an hour and 20 minutes left, so I am feeling anxious and nervous and ridiculous about it. But you just got to throw out a scenario. You just got to throw it out and either be right or be wrong. But don't um, don't think too hard, like an SAT question. And then that's the, if you're a leading or a my effect, right? So this is all. Well, I don't know. It's all up in the air. We don't know. We don't know what's happening in episode eight. It's It's too close and too far at the same time. I, I don't I don't have a beautiful I don't have an end game. I don't have an end game. I don't have an end game. Wow. Oh no. Oh my goodness. What about Carol Dean? I believe that's the ship name actually just come back to me for um Geraldine and Constantine. Do you see the love? Where is the love? It's in uh, Geraldine and Constantine's bed. Oh Lord, those two <laughs> Honestly, I think I would ride. I think I would do something drastic if they were like, you got sexual content this episode, guys, and it's it's, it's Gemma. Gemma. It's right. Gemma and Kim. It's Gemma and Kim. Get ready for the sauce. 
Lord. Yeah, no, that they would had be content the, I definitely didn't ask for. Right. Definitely did not ask for because I, I just in general, I don't like to see significantly older men with younger women. It's just not something that will please me or my eyeballs. Nine out of ten times. Nope, not going to be into it. Probably ten out of ten times, but I tried to give the one, the one thing, just in case. But yeah, uh, if sexual content, maybe it's Paul saying really rude and d- terrible, disgusting stuff to some man. Hopefully, that's not Constantine, where it's like, oh, you know the rules or whatever. And then, oh God, oh God, what if it's Constantine? And Paul? <laughs> oh, well, at least God. that would be interesting. It would be, be more interesting, interesting than Constantine oh, and Geraldine. I would love for there to be a villain Eve thing, but I can't. I, Dave, I've never thought that I could not be able to picture a scene with these two women together in the same place. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, I'm feeling like, what's that singer? I'm never ever going to give you up. Never ever going to stop. Oh, Lisa Staffel, Barry yes. White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to pass. I can't do what it. What the fuck? It's terrible that I have to pass, but I have to. There's nothing that's, I don't know if it's because of the way time works or whatever, but I can't, it's not there. And it's Damn. bothering me that it's not you there. You should let Lisa inspire you. Maybe it's the AM delirium, but I can't, I can't pull something out. You gotta be like Lisa. Never ever gonna give you up. Never ever gonna stop. Not the way I feel. Baby, I can't live without you. I feel like I might have left out a lyric there, but that is the sentiment, sir. All right. I mean, well. a part of me was like, I would want an Eve to say, but I, them saying things to each other, they have to be in a place together first. So I can't do it. I can't put them in a place first. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it, love. I can't do it, love. All right. Well, you tried. And that's all I can ask for, sir. Well, for myself, um, let's give the answer here. Well, I think I might be able to combine multiple muses on this answer now that I'm thinking about it. Well, you know, ultimately, we came into this season, the beginning of the year, the first preseason snack we uploaded. I was very feral. I did lots of screaming. And most of that screaming had to do with my clown makeup contour and how it would not go away. So that being said, I think it's only right that I level up. My clown makeup, especially as you have none in your kit today, as far as Villeneuve. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And here's here's how I'm going to do it. Here's how. Here's how. I've been musing on a few things. And I mentioned way back when in the preseason snacks when all we had were the teasers and no trailers for months, really, to muse upon. And one of the things that we asked ourselves, I asked the air, the void, the abyss, is will these outfits that we saw from the teaser when it was finally released with the red and the ribbon, we're like, oh my God, this is very interesting. And the whole red thread of fate started becoming a thing and all this stuff is that, well, if we go from, like we've said before, regarding the promo photos for all the series we've had so far, the characters have been wearing in the promo photos something they would wear in the show. I'm pretty sure we've already seen it for Constantine because he kind of always has that jacket. But specifically for Villanelle and Eve is where it's most relevant. They are both in red dresses and that is something. And so on the one hand, I'm like, it feels like full clownery. It feels like I am at the biggest show, the Ringling Brothers Circus in outer space. If I decide to say, yes, both Eve and Villanelle will be in comparative, dare I say, the same dresses in the season finale. It feels like reaching for the stars, for the stars. But at the same time, that's what I said that I would do. I would reach for the stars. So on my fiscally moderate 
muse, I'm like, just Eve gets the dress because just Eve being in a dress like that would be beyond a shock for the audience, alone Villanelle, if it became narratively relevant. But, but, but the way that I could also see it on the other extreme, so both women are wearing the dress, is that they've come to some understanding from in between episode seven to the last 10 minutes of episode eight, they've come to some understanding and they are meeting at a place that would suggest, okay, if I meet you here, I'm saying yes to your proposition. And in that sense, I'm like, doesn't it have to be Eve? Like, doesn't Eve have to be the one right. because she's always the one running away or saying no? So what's weird about this is that when a lot of people talk about the ballroom scene, there's been a lot of talk as if it could be at the end, you know, that whatever happens there happens at the end and we are closing out the finale oh, with this sentiment. And now I'm not so sure. Now I'm completely unsure. Because I'm like, what if the ballroom scene happens in the middle? Especially since we know that Rayanne, who has been revealed in this early sneak peek in someone who's working for the 12 and or the lady in red, is at the ballroom. So perhaps she is there to accompany Villanelle to perform some sort of function, which then makes me lean into the Villeneuve fan fiction that people have written already a little bit less because I'm like, well, who's that fucking girl? Doesn't she have to be killed or taken out of the paint before they can have a real moment that is private? And so now I've just, I've rearranged the whole thing and I, I don't even know if I would see those dresses at the ballroom. I don't know when oh, I would no. see the dresses at the ballroom. Well, I, I, there's no reason to say, oh no, because unlike you, sir, I have optimism. All I'm saying is that I'm rearranging the order of events, the order of events, the order of events, because the dresses would represent an agreement, an agreement. And while that agreement seems like it should happen at the end, maybe it just doesn't because Rayanne is there. Why is Rayanne there? Unless, of course, Eve marks her. Unless that is what they decide to do and Eve marks her there, which I could be my second body because I still believe Eve marks Dasha. She should work Dasha. That's what she should get. I don't know, but it would be great if Eve marks Rayanne for Villanelle in front of Villanelle as foreplay all of the above. Whatever. That being said, I really do think we could get a... a essential, essential sapphic kiss between these two. If there is an acceptance, which is really all Villanelle is waiting for, and we have the situation of Villanelle's vulnerable still, as she generally has been with Eve, but now she is on a new level of vulnerability. If I get my love speech, like I said, where Villanelle comes clean, she's straight, she's straight up, no bullshit, she's there. And Eve is in her bag of like, yes, I am dark Eve. Yes, I am accepting <laughs> this about you, Oksana. I've always wanted this, Oksana. I've always liked this, Oksana. Then maybe we can get some romance. Honestly, when I hear sexual content, it feels like the clown makeup is too deep. Because I'm like, please, a piece of shoulder with Villain Eve? I just don't know because the <laughs> writers have been playing hard to get this entire series. It just sounds like it's insanities. But at the same time, I'm like, what if Lauda? What if other people want to make us fro? They want to make us insane. What if, what, what if this is what they're doing? And so I go back and forth between my excitement. And I think I said all this muse that makes no sense to say is that I do believe Villanelle will get an eyeful of that scar in the season finale, whatever Eve is wearing. I just, uh, what what I need is for Eve to accept her place in the darkness and for her to arrive someplace to meet Villanelle and to be on that thing that she was on when she was feeling herself and her bootay in the mirror. She was like, damn, look at, look at me, look at me. I would just like for her to like get that part of Eve Palastri back, buy something with the money that she has left over from the stolen pedicash and meet Villanelle wherever she is to be like all this, like this whole vision of me, this is the new me. The way I'm dressing, the way I'm looking, my hair is down. And again, I don't know if Villanelle could handle any of that, but gladly, gladly she will. Gladly she will. Villanelle on her knees for Eve. 
Well, see, it can both work. Like, right. They're ladies. <laughs> they're, they are ladies. And there's reasons for both ladies to be on their knees at different times of the day. So, yes. Um, yeah, so that's that muse. I don't really know if it made sense. It's still kind of like sketchy. And I'm sure it will come together more as we see episode seven. It's just ultimately that I think that it could be like the most insane villainy scene we've gotten. It could be that Suzanne and Laura and the rest decide that we have starved them of villainy. We've kept them apart essentially the entire season that when we bring them back together, we need to blow people's minds. And that's the way to do it. To have it be completely different. Like Jody has said from everything we've seen. Antagonism. Tension, restraint. Remove the restraint. Remove the antagonism. What do you have? You have O's. O's coming in abundance, I think. Do, do we Personally. revisit a strange effect? Will that be the, the tune that's playing? We've with? actually not heard Unloved really much at all this series, which is interesting, but I suppose relevant to the fact that they've had Eve and Villanelle on such different paths of what they're discovering, that I do believe that the next time we do hear Unloved will be for one of their reunions and then certainly that thing maybe you make my darkness bright maybe maybe <laughs> maybe it's at the ballroom or maybe it's during villanelle's love speech and eve accepting her i just don't fucking know villanelle and eve together would definitely need another unloved song between them but arena backing it up or backing running over her uh mom's date that was also to an unloved song but it's not one of the villainy oh yeah no right where they no. play this sort of same two to three songs every time right, together right oh quick muse does eve kill dasha this series and what episode <laughs> the clown to me wants to say episode seven because i just need to cut through all of this like i do i do but it can't be seven unless villanelle is also there so, and I already read the four things. I didn't see anything about, like, gore, um, but they're not really a gory. It's not a gory thing. And uh, me and my haste, I want it to happen in episode seven, but I need Villanelle to be there to witness it, and I need it to be something where oh, it's yes. not a shock to Eve. Oh, I can't believe that this was within me. No, I don't need that energy for Eve when she does it. I need it to be very calculated you said that i could never be oh you, you needed all. to be calculated i don't know that i needed to be calculated well i mean as far as not un like the version of eve that does it is not the scared eve i can't believe i said i would this counter thing. sir that the scared eve is no more i would counter that she is gone that she has to be gone that the event of the shooting has changed eve and we have seen these changes all season so far, but yeah, that's that's my own personal mini muse within a muse. All right, so you made the point that Eve, the scared Eve, is essentially no more. I like that. I like thinking like that, and I hope that that is all true. <laughs> that is my hope. Your acknowledgement of the fact that uh, scared Eve is no longer is something I definitely want to believe in and hopefully see and hopefully the writers will also agree with you and say that it's gone but i mean depending on the type of interaction that an eve and Natasha have with each other even in episode seven even if it's as simple as where is villanelle hopefully is this eve getting to the i don't have time for this all these games that you're playing or whatever maybe it's is it like a torture thing that's happening and then it accidentally escalates the murder when she's not getting the answer that she's looking for because i mean there's there's no evidence there's there's no way to figure out where villanelle went after barcelona 
Eve had it when Villanelle was there, but maybe Villanelle goes to look for her after she mm. already leaves Barcelona. And then now it's like, well, the only person you got left is Dasha, and Dasha's also trying to be out. Dasha's trying to be in Russia. So and I'm sure it's easy for Eve to find out that Dasha uprooted everything. Well, Killing Eve Science has just said she knows that Dasha is the killer because the rumors were just out there easily, easy for people like Bear to find. So who knows? I, mean, I, I I think that's a problem if you're Dasha, that rumors oh, are easily Googleable. But whatever. That's why I say I attribute it to Killing Eve Science because who can say? As far as Dasha's murder goes, like to me, it's predictable to have Villanelle kill Dasha. You oh, know, yeah. like we're yeah. expecting Villanelle to take Dasha out because of everything. And so it sort of seems like the best thing to do is have Eve take Dasha out. But I often wonder, like our next Eve kill, if it'll be like what started with Phoebe Waller-Bridge built upon by Emerald and now with Suzanne with the potential opportunity. And by that, I mean the analogy of Eve looking at something, knowing that she has two paths, destruction or just like go on your merry way and her choosing destruction. And right after being like, <gasps> like, you know, all the way down right. to the cake this episode. So what if it is, what if the, her, her second murder is like this where she's in a moment, potentially with Dasha and she's like, I could. And then she just does. And then she's like, Oh, like Adina style, like boop, boop. Now, I don't know if that means that Eve will run her over. I, she would have to be in a car to run a bitch over. What if it's like the chalk style? What? I don't know what that means. Like, what if it's a breathy kill? I, again, I, I don't know what that means. Breathy how? Well, uh, breathy from being choked out. Right. Maybe breathy choked out, maybe suffocated. Carbon maybe. monoxide poisoning? No. I've already said that I believe Eve is a close-up killer. I think Eve is a passionate killer. She kills because she wants to experience the act of killing, whether she fully admits it to herself or not, hence the axe. So I can see something physical in which she strikes someone. So if it's not something like an axe or a stick or a pole or a sword, it could be something physically that she's charging into someone like a car or a truck or a plane. Just something that she can propel to burst the body. And... I don't know, like, I don't even know how Eve would get into a moving projectile to kill Dasha, but I sort of feel like it has to be like that to get a Dasha. Do you know what I mean? Like it, because Dasha has experience and Dasha was talking that shit. Dasha yeah. and Eve are around the same size. So realistically, let's not go hand to hand because look at how Villanelle manhandled you. She could just picked you up and tossed you in a seat and done whatever she wanted with you, Eve. Let's be honest. And at least with Dasha, they had the mutual chokehold. And so even though Dasha is older, they were like in this world that we're setting up, Dasha and Villanelle are at least right now evenly matched. So theoretically, for Eve to have the upper killer hand on Dasha, she would have to come out of nowhere with something like a log or a car or I was trying to think of something else big you could smash, but all I have is a car as a, something that's coming out of nowhere. Like you could push an air conditioner out a window, but the margin for error is too large. That is true. And it doesn't Very leave true. it doesn't leave for the spontaneity of I'm thinking, could I do this? I did it. And that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how I want Eve to do Dasha. And let's say it is a car or something because I can't think of anything else. Um, she does an Adina. Like I want it to be an immediate callback yeah. to look at this smile. Oops. Oh, um, am I on candy camera? My bad. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Someone called the ambulance. I just ran over someone accidentally. So I don't know where that came from. I don't even know how it would parlay because of what we see of Dasha in the preview, she is on a golf course in the blue. Oh. I was just thinking how Dasha's in all blue and we never see her in anything that primary. She's been in nothing but neutrals, naturals, vintage, faded outfits. So it's interesting yes. that she is in a bright blue 
thing while well, Villanelle's in her thing. I don't know what that means. Maybe I, I'll, I'll go to Tumblr if something comes to me because nothing's come to me yet. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that is, that is interesting. And so the only place we can potentially muse upon Dasha going down is the golf course where she's there with that green monster outfit. And we've already said that Villanelle probably has to do something really drastic in that outfit. Oh, yeah. In order for them to have her wearing it or it could just be her state of mind. So, again, I'm going to make space. I'm going to make a possibility for the fact that Villanelle and Dasha are together to handle some death. And Villanelle decides to take Dasha out after she takes out that dude who may be seeing the picture, who is probably the mark for that thing. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. I would prefer for it to be Eve. I want for it to be desperately, desperately for it to be Eve. It would be even better if Villanelle could just see out the corner of her eye like, oh my God, did Eve just run over Dasha? Oh <laughs> my God. Or did Eve just hit Dasha with that pole, with that stick? Did she just get her with a knife? Eve has an ax on her still. Like, I don't know what it is that Eve would have. I just know that Eve physically has to do it. Like, it has to be part of her physicality. With her arm, with her body, with inanimate objects, she is moving, orchestrating, controlling. What if... It's a gotcha moment where it's like, oh, you're going home. Oh, bye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as soon as uh, she thinks she's gone, she's nowhere. She's not in, in real Russia. She's, she's, I don't know. She's just somewhere not good. She's somewhere stuck. She's somewhere under the watchful eye. She's somewhere maybe... Under the watchful eye, who does it? Yeah, like she's... I don't think there's enough time. I honestly, like, I, there's an hour and 20 minutes. There's not enough time to send Dasha to Russia and back again. It's already ridiculous they've sent Constantine to Russia, okay. back to London, to Russia, back to London. So I don't think that that's... We don't have time. Which is why I'm saying Dasha got to go down in one of these scenarios that we've already potentially seen a peek of. Either by Villanelle's hand or Eve's hand and whatever way it goes, I don't know. I just know that Dasha, Dasha... Dasha, you got to go. And let's leave the lady in red, maybe Rayanne, up until episode eight when Eve takes her out. I don't fucking know. I'm just saying that I don't know that Dasha makes it out of episode seven. I don't think maybe. Oh, what if neither watcher makes it out? Dasha don't make it out and neither does Constantine because, you know, I think Constantine is going down. Actually, side muse. If Constantine does not die, Constantine is faking his death to get away from Villanelle and set her up. Oh. Thoughts on that quick muse about Constantine? That they both go down? No, no, uh, no, no, no. If Constantine does not die organically from a bullet or a heart attack, that he fakes his death to set up Villanelle, get her off his back, and run away with Adina. But then at the same time, if he put Adina in child jail, what is this? How do you not just how do you not just leave the body in a driveway and say, Adina, we gotta run away really fast? How do you allow for her to get caught by the popo and go to juvenile delinquency court or institution or something or whatever we need at least two two solid murders two high profile murders at least two at least two for episode seven i would love for them to be both dasha and constantine dasha and arena like dasha definitely won and again i keep saying constantine needs to take an l the fact oh my that god his- sorry the last time we heard Eve say Oksana as a name was in series one. Mm-hmm. What That's if, right. What if she says it in series three, like in this accepting way? And here's why it just suddenly occurred to me. Because everything I've been saying this whole season about Suzanne doing the bookend, she seems to be obsessed with the parallels, the bookends. What do we have in the first episode of the series? Dasha calling that bitch Oksana and mm-hmm. she got yoked up real quick for it. So what if they hit us with the parallel of Eve calling her Oksana 
like she did in series one. And we get a smile. We get something positive from Villanelle. I don't know. That just, you were talking, that just randomly slipped into my mind. I just want to put it out there into the ether before I forget with the sleep deprivation and you can return to your No, but that's a feel good. That's a feel good. Thanks. It seems to feel good. I'm coming out here with the drama, but I got a feel good muse. Oh, I was saying definitely to profile terminations. Now, whether that's Dread and Dasha are just two different people that were or tried to be prominent just gone. Bear and Dasha. Like, just two people gone. Uh, Dasha and Constantine is more than fine. Dasha and Irina. Mo. Yeah, Mo's alive, but Mo's off screen. (laughs) I think Mo's coming back, my dear. You think Mo's going to be on screen? Yes. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. The, the sleep deprivation. I do. I do. I, do. I'm I don't still, know what wait, I would do with myself. I'm still, I, me either, but I'm excited to see it if it happens. They're going to call on me in the Zoom and I'm going to be like, what was it like working with Mo's? <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, you know, Mad that fine. Asian actor mm-hmm. with the really great hairline. I mean, he had lots he had of a scenes great hairline. with Fiona. And then he had some wonderful scenes with Jody. But he had uh, very curt scenes with uh, Sandra. But there were cool scenes. I did like the. I'm sure he was still at the wrap up party. Okay. But no, I think he could come back just the same way I think Maria could come back. I'm just, I'm hoping <laughs> that Suzanne gives me something absurd and nonsensical, even if it's in the season finale. That has to do with Maria. Even if she passes a bitch in the street and she's like, Villanelle? Villanelle? <laughs> oh, what if we get Villain Eve and then Maria sees Villain Eve? Because what if Villanelle never got around to telling Eve that she got married? She hasn't. She hasn't, though. She hasn't. That's what I'm saying. There's things to talk about. The postcards or whatever. There's a whole thing. And actually, if they don't give us that stuff this season, when they're in a better place and they're totally just on the camaraderie, um, sapphic, sapphic camaraderie shit in series four, that it comes up then. And then we get a funny reaction to Eve. Or she's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I was married. She's like, wait, married? Right. Are you officially divorced? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just left a hoe. That's why I just figured she's probably going to get a gnomit or something. And it's like, yeah, well, if she was thanking you for the sex, like um, thing one and thing two from series two, she is keeping the papers alive, hoping that you return, knowing that you are someone who disappears. Because, again, that's my headcanon until disproven. Because I just don't see how you date a villanelle and she doesn't disappear on your ass. Multiple times, multiple times, but you just deal with it. You learn to deal with it, you learn to accept it, you learn to love it. So I'm saying Mo coming back, Maria coming back, Mo and Maria. Okay, that's clown makeup, and I am committed to that. I mean, I'm over here just thinking of, unless he was on some super secret mission. He needed a moment, like Elena. He was like, listen, bitch, I'm traumatized. I took, I haven't taken my vacation days for like three years, Carolyn. They've been rolling over. So I just took two weeks. I took two weeks to calm down, to meditate, to light some fucking sage. And I'm feeling more centered. I'm feeling like more stable. I'm feeling like my old agent self. And I feel like I can come back to work for a day. And then probably something really bad happens that day. And he's like, you know what, Carolyn? I'm putting in for a transfer to a whole other department, bitch. I want to work with Paul. Oh, God. <laughs> Going back to comps. You know, comps is safer than hanging out with Carolyn fucking Martins. Real quickly, any theories or thoughts about um, possible color theory behind the title cards for this episode, which were two shades of blue? Now, you definitely brought up the fact that you wanted to touch on color theory in the muse, but I'll draw to your attention that I can't tell colors apart. So me oh, and Trisha we arguing about pink, but I'm like, I guess it's pinkish, <laughs> but is it pink? No, um... <laughs> So, I mean... Well, okay, so let's simplify it. The color blue. What comes to your mind emotionally? 
um, the Calm app. So while Actually, things that are is getting very, manic. That is very, <laughs> that is very, that's a very common idea. But yeah, blue is, that's one of the common things I know that's associated with blue is like calm. Especially given the fact that it is the color of the sky and the water. And those are very calming things. But we got that title card right after Piss Off Forever. So like this, that's also. <laughs> well, I don't know that that means it doesn't apply per se. If you're saying that Nico wasn't calm. I mean, he might have been calm actually. Yeah. Blue is often also associated with like sadness. Think about the terms like Blue Moon, Blue Monday, those types of things. In a way, it kind of works both ways because Nico would be very sad and sort of resolute in his sadness given the pitchforkedness that happened to him, to quote Bear. I know Blue is also associated with peace in various rituals, uh, spiritual, religious things and traditions. Or if you even take the Judeo-Christian wing, the Virgin Mary is often always generally depicted wearing blue clothes. So on the one hand, you have... Mm sadness that can be associated with Nico but then there's also sort of like the steadfastness perhaps responsibility loyalty that could be used to reflect Eve's state of mind because Dasha gets in there and she tries to do what the lady in red told her to do but she fails every time where she's like let me try to wedge here let me try to lie to you here let me try to gaslight like Constantine used to do and at every stage Eve is like no no I don't think so no I think you're wrong yeah no not my girl Mm, I think you're confused and so that could be another representation of it I don't know, but it's interesting. Another interesting thing is that the phrase to feel blue, as English speakers would say, is not really something that you can translate very well, if perhaps at all, in many of the languages. Unless it's like literally you are looking blue versus to feel what blue Got does. It. Like mouth. And right. But oddly enough, in German, it means to be drunk or in Russian to be gay. <laughs> so uh, they could have been saying really gay this this this, this episode is really right. really gay right. these girls are really really gay everyone in the show is really really gay and that works too or if you switch it up to sandra o's cultural background dark blue is the color for mourning in korea well maybe they're mourning that relationship i hope i fucking hope and who really knows what the writers meant but i just have to believe and maybe we can get some of these questions answered maybe not by sally because it doesn't look like suzanne is on that chat who knows if sally even fucking knows but i would just be curious what was the thought process behind you choosing the colors for the title cards or is it just manic panic as we slowly descend into chaos but yeah those are my quick thoughts on blue unorganized but that's what they are i mean i did enjoy the title card i like the look when i first saw it i thought hmm merch but I'm always thinking merch every time I see a title card. I'm not a huge fan of blue like that, unless it's maybe like jeans. So I, it didn't occur to me merch, but we literally can do merch for anything. So why not? Why not? That was amazing. Color theory sleuthing. Do we have more musings? All because uh, I ran out. <laughs> let me let me produce. I did that one real quick. Why do you think Dasha is with Villanelle on her latest kill? Presumably, this is the first time we've seen it since Dasha has been her handler. Why do you think that's happened? I mean, especially because I was already musing that Rayanne was there to be like her backup or something. Do we think that maybe Dasha is there as a literal kill chaperone because Villanelle was so sloppy last time? Well, whether it's Dasha or uh, Rayanne, um, we are of the mindset that, yes, the powers that be are like, you know what? This girl's a little unhinged right now, saying all these things. Or we've heard all these uh, assertions that, uh, or assertions that you're looking to leave, that you're looking to be out, that you are, for some reason, under the impression that your debt has been paid by, in part, by full, in full. Mm. 
and no, you owe us and you will owe us. It's in perpetuity. So <laughs> in perpetuity. So um, we are just going to make sure that you continue to provide what you are worth until um, I guess you're no longer worth it. So it's going to be a lot of Adasha or Ran, but one of them and they will be sure to do things that are just, I don't know, just annoying enough to make sure that she knows that she's she's trapped. So Outside of Dasha, do you think Eve could kill a rando? That let's say they give Villanelle the Dasha kill, I still need Eve to level up with her murders. Could she kill a rando? Or does it have to be someone she has a like an issue with in order for her to level up at this stage for Dark Eve? Um, she's really good at compartmentalizing, even though she's a wreck. Which is interesting. <laughs> yes, it's, that's very so, true. So um, maybe somebody would just have to, I don't know, feel for her cracks and push the right buttons for her to just sort of detonate and demolish whoever is like in that uh, that range, that, that area. But will that count as something as um, poignant as a Eve conscious kill? Like maybe if that happens, it's not a conscious kill. Like maybe what we need is just something more... I don't want to say personable, but, but yeah, something more personable. And maybe that, even though a kill is happening on seven, does that mean that Eve gets two kills this season? Like, oh. I've already mused that Eve could have more than one kill, depending on the stuff. So, yeah, I think it's still possible for her to have two kills versus just the one kill. Just going back to my muse before that, I'll just say when it comes to Dasha and Villanelle being on the same kill, I don't exactly know what's going on. But because they're so similar and Dasha is the trainer of Villanelle, I think they'll both hate the fact that someone has to make sure the other finishes or that they're in tandem like a tag team because they would both rather work alone. Maybe we'll end up with some bullshit nonsense like we have been getting between the two of them, like an argument, which that would be funny. That would actually be funny. Like a domestic I just yelled. Card? You mean No, like an argument between the two of them over killing the dude. Whoever hmm. that dude is in a picture at the golf. Like he has to be the mark. There's no reason that Villanelle is on a golf course unless she's there to kill somebody and if Dasha's there maybe she's there to make sure it gets done or killed too and maybe those petty bitches have a petty off over who's going to do the murder and while that happens the guy runs away and they both take the L I want her to be involved I want her to <laughs> want who to be involved I, I, want, I want Eve to be involved in, in, in the hit I, I, it would be nice but I don't know but we don't I'll see get... her in the picture she's right. not all we see is Dasha and Villanelle and some man so Eve could show up. Maybe she shows up in a golf cart. Maybe she shows up on a scooter. Maybe she shows up in a car and she just runs everybody over. And I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't. It wouldn't even make sense. I'd be like, Eve just went up to the golf cart and she just ran six holes over. And I'd be like, well, you know, she's on her, things happen. You know, right. I think it just did the other episode. This is fine. This is fine. Lord. It's on Target, on motherfucking brand so i wouldn't be mad at it but yeah that was just randomly that popped in that if villanelle and dasha gotta be on the same thing they're not gonna be happy about it they're gonna talk that shit they're gonna crack some jokes and maybe villanelle kills dasha at the end of it maybe she's like oh ha 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 so you're dead and he's dead twofer and the reason why i bring that up is because if it's anything like the nadia situation that's what she did she was like i'm using you to get this job done but also i can't really use you to get the job done because you're so incompetent i'm killing you and then i'm also getting the job done so villanelle could do that she'd be like Killing dude, killing you, Dasha. And there it is. It's done. That's righteous. 
Well, I just want murder. I just want one of my girls <laughs> murdering people. Well, Is that I so much you, to ask there's for? There's going to be at least two deaths next episode, or at least I can lock that in. Just for give sure. Eve one of them and give Villanelle the other. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. All right. So anything to say on what Carolyn said in the preview about Eve's Messiah complex? Or do you want to see what else she has to say about it? Or did we see the extent of that scene? Because she kind of got up and was like, goodbye. This is the end. When she was packing up her, her stuff, I knew the scene was over. Because Carolyn was like, I knew Look. it was over when she took the food. She was like, I ordered food for you, but I realized I'm just going to leave. And you don't even get to keep the food. I'm going to tell this bitch to pack it up in a takeaway box so I can give it to not Geraldine. <laughs> Because I really don't think she would bring leftovers for poor Geraldine. And then, you know, as soon as she gets home, Constantine's there. And it's like, you and Geraldine, how could you? In my boudoir. To my frog's Oh, that's, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you suggesting that Geraldine would would smash in her mama bed? I would suggest that Geraldine would use any opportunity that Carolyn is not in the house to get something done that she would be afraid to get done while Carolyn was in the house. the fuck? I just don't think it's right to smashing your parents' bed. Oh, I'm not saying I don't think it's not right. I've had friends who said they got up to those things, and I'm like, nah, B, I can't. I can't. Well, so were there thoughts on the Messiah Complex or what? I think that Eve, when it comes to certain things, she does have a way to get answers that is not really conventional by any real calculatable calculate means calculatable these aren't words calculatable these are by not there there she takes these hail mary shots that just happens to work out the bowling flukes like that but with trying to sniff out a psychopath so it's like there should be some hubris to this but, I mean, if it doesn't exist, it's not the end of the world. But, I mean, there should be some. Well, I I feel like Eve maybe doesn't think highly of herself to the point of thinking she's a messiah. But I could see how she would call Carolyn to the carpet to be like, hello, pot. Well, theoretically, <laughs> a person with a messiah complex does not see themselves, like, with that level of awareness of I am trying to be a messiah and here is my complex. I think it's more so about the subconscious And, of course, conscious expression of your behavior and what do you do. And I know that it's, especially with Carolyn saying diagnosable, I'm sure she means with the pathologies that are diagnosable. Anything that someone could say is diagnosable within you because of the behavior you've been exhibiting that I guess a messiah complex can also reside within that and be a sub thing of another thing that someone has already diagnosed you with. So, of course, Carolyn being super smart would know that. And I just, if Carolyn's going to suggest that Eve has a messiah complex, it's like, bitch, a messiah complex of one. A messiah complex uh. of Villanelle slash Oksana Ostenkova because Eve doesn't give a single solitary shit about anyone else. The only person she's trying to save is Villanelle. The only person she ran in to defend with a paper knife like a fool was Villanelle. The only person that she was trying to get to when she left Hugo bleeding on the floor is Villanelle. So I would agree with Carolyn that she has a bit of a messiah complex, but I would add Sappho to fully understand that complex and what she's trying to get out of it. Because it's not just about, I want to have control over this and save you and feel like I'm orchestrating this. It's also the vapors, the gay vapors that are (laughs) moving through her and in the air. Anytime her and Villanelle are in some decent amount of proximity sharing the same space. And I guess this last muse for me, because some of these other things I'm like, oh, maybe they're more relevant until after we see episode seven. It basically has to do with Carolyn. And uh, I guess this is more so about the finale than next episode, because I don't know that we would get this next episode. I do think we will get an explosion of Carolyn next episode. I think that the Geraldine drama will come to a head and we just might get that scene with Carolyn. 
Where she's smashing up the stuff? The preview where she smashes the vase? Right, where she's yelling. I feel like she's yelling with Geraldine when it's happening. So that may be the scene that's happening as soon as she leaves breakfast. Well, I don't know when it's happening, but I definitely do think it's happening next episode that whatever happens with Geraldine gets to such a fever pitch. And we've seen some promo photos and stuff released and Carolyn looks very disturbed in every picture of her and Geraldine. So I just feel like Geraldine is telling her something really fucked up. And if it's something like, I'm pregnant with Constantine's baby, I will scream and it will be heard around the world because please, God, no, God, no, please, no, God. You know, that's the scene that we need from the uh, trailer that Carolyn got for us to then be able to say that they all played, at least all the clips played. Eve, all of Eve's clips for Eve's trailer have all played. I don't know what that Oh, I mean, they haven't finished. They just finished editing the final episode, so the clips available to them, edited in a way that they felt like they could show the public, perhaps. Oh, right. That's a better way to phrase all of that. But yeah, for this final muse with Carolyn, it's just that I predict that in likely the season finale, that she will give some kind of speech, maybe some kind of Machiavellian speech of like, look at me, I'm Carolyn Martins, and perhaps I've worked with the 12 and MI6, and perhaps I thought that this could all be good and well and good, and I was doing my arranging and my meetings and my things and my secrets, but then they killed my kid. They killed my son, and that was completely out of line, completely... And I'm done about it. And so I realized I need you two hosts mm-hmm. to tear them apart. But that's what we need to do because we all want to eviscerate them, right? We all want to dismantle the 12 so they can't exist. So let's all come together. All Three bitches of misandry. Don't and, call me angel. And just like, let's do it. Because I just kind of want that. I kind of want that fantasy of Carolyn begrudgingly being the watcher because she's not like Constantine. Constantine is always up in somebody's business to try to see what's going on. Carolyn is hands off. She's like, bitches, go over there and do that thing. And then she checks in on you. And she's like, did y'all do the thing? See, what the <laughs> fuck? I told y'all to do that. What have you been doing this entire time? You know what? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. I, it smells. It smells like sex and candy in here. So I'm getting the fuck out. So it's a lot of writing. But I just want to see Carolyn and Eve and Villanelle all working together with a different chemistry than what we had in series two, which was still fun. I want to bring in that mischievousness that we got a peek of with Villanelle and Eve when they were looking at the gadgets. And Villanelle was like, Eve, stop that. And Carolyn already was in the back like, I am clearly the babysitter of the most ridiculous um, gay misandrist <laughs> in the world. And so just just amplify that, amplify that with more murders in series four. So I don't know, we could see stuff in the next episode and things and things or release things, sneak things that could completely change everything I just said about Carolyn. But right now, this is my frame of mind. These are my thoughts. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I want for series four or something like it, please. To cross the threshold into series four, I would need some sort of pact, some sort of commitment, some sort of, I mean, something verbalized. Right. Something verbalized. And I need it, whatever this gesture is. What if Philanelle is like, you found me again? No, that's series one. Congratulations. Like, uh, But she's doing that. She's repeating stuff. So if that? we end up repeating stuff or looping stuff, it could be stuff that comes back around and makes sense. You found me again. <laughs> you know, like, just you found me. But again, because Eve did. She is. She's searching for the bitch right now. So we have to presume that it's Eve who finds Villanelle for the series finale meetup, but not the other way around because Villanelle's too fucked up to be chasing Eve. And maybe she's actually trying to give a host some space for once in her damn life. She's trying to be respectable. And Suzanne, we trust. Give us 
Technically, this is Lauda. This technically, this is Lauda. Oh, well, for then maybe I should seven. not be as, well, as shaken up. Suzanne is still leading the ship, but I'm saying it's Lauda. Lauda, and she's the one that has been chosen. She has been crowned. She has been anointed, knighted, whatever, for series four. So just saying, it's Lauda. Okay, Laura. Wow. I mean, and no. Laura, we trust. Well, C- Candace. Candace is trusting right now. Uh, Terrence is shaky. He is shaky on his trust. I'm only but shaky I am because trusting. it's like introducing another character in episode seven. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it's another woman. So I'm like, mm, at least it's not another Paul. And no offense, it's not another Mo. It's a woman. <laughs> and she's a killer. So already I'm like, well, I'm a bit pre biased in her favor already. Well, and Suzanne, we trust. And Laura. We trust and, in episode and Laura seven. and Suzanne. We trust, but ultimately, I think that wraps it up for me in musings. I'm gonna hold out on the rest of my stuff because it's still evolving until the next time we come together to muse. But yeah, that was essentially it. That was essentially what was on my mind and stuff. <laughs> 